I never stop, sir. Did I stop? Did I stop? Yeah, we do need to record a level up episode at some point. We're seven, right? We're seven. Yeah, you guys are seven now. I don't ever remember rolling hit dice for my foot to level up this character. You probably didn't. Did you actually level up your fucking character? Did everyone else? Jesus. It just says level seven. Max HP did not go up or anything, so. I don't think that's possible, but okay. Has he been doing all of the combat stuff and not having the right HP? Right, like yeah, like, I, I don't die that much. Mm. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Gimme the Loot Podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition actual play podcast that has no idea when you're going to get to hear this, thanks to the joy of an internet outage. My name's Turner. I'll be your dungeon master and host of Pre mid and post-show announcements, at least hypothetically, because until the tubes to the internet get cleared, I'm pretty much just some dude talking in a closet. Studio. We're calling it a studio now, because I put foam and shit up on the walls. It's fancy. Season 2, episode 2, because we said so. The guys make it back to Taliesin, check in with Ogden, and do a few other important chores before heading off once again into the great unknown. And by great unknown, I mean an episode that we recorded quite a while back. I'll get into that with next week's release. Hey, if you're a new listener, welcome. Thanks for jumping on board with season two. And of course, returning listeners, welcome back. New or old, we sincerely appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. And of course, a special thank you to our patrons whose investment in the show helps us produce bigger and better content, and who get to hear me make predictions about when material's coming out on the Discord, which apparently is the harbinger of technological doom in my life. Anyway, if you'd like to hear how you can become a patron supporter and get access to the exclusive Discord where I announce stuff that doesn't happen because um, the future, hang out to the end of the show to find out what else you can get for supporting the Party of Five. Quick reminder, Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly podcast due to a mix of profanity, fantasy violence, gore, and crude humor. Any specific content warnings will be in the show notes below. Finally, before we get into the episode, you know, this is the part pre-episode where I usually do some kind of public service announcement thing, and I had planned on doing some really just hard-hitting research on participation in local elections and, and, and how we only seem to pay attention to the big issues, but as a matter of fact, it's voting close to home and not only can have an impact on our day-to-day lives, but, you know, those minor offices actually serve as as a feeder league for the people that will eventually go on to, you know, make the rest of the laws that either threaten or support our existence. But somebody with a backhoe did some extra digging. So just consider that whole passive aggressive story a reminder to get involved locally, not just nationally. The era of passive participation in our culture is officially over. It doesn't take much to be a better hero than one of the party of five. Here's your chance. At least, I mean, I assume your chance is coming up soon. Because again, I, I don't know. I don't know. November, there's by... Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you guys are kind of standing out in front of work, uh, Ognum's. You scuttle out through the double doors and they're kind of swinging there. You guys are standing outside of Ognum's workshop. I know a couple of you had things that you wanted to do. Who wants to do what first? Are we anyone going to Artificer Circus now? I'm going to try to get my bike up upgraded. I thought Ognum could do it. Why, why would any of us want to do that? 
What were the three options, Turner? For the hammer. Yeah, if you're trying to get a shaft made for your for your hammer, Ognum's husband, Ted, is a hammer expert and could help you do kind of a steampunky one with some of Ognum's tech. Um, if you wanted a more traditional military style one, there's the Asitar. Um, but if you were looking for something a little bit weirder, the Magic District or the, the Temple District might be the way to go. What did Todd say? Artificer? The Artificer workshops are typically on the border between the Marshall District and the Arcane District. Okay. Hmm. So it would be very logical for you guys to, if you wanted to hit up the Asitar, hit up the Asitar, then go over and hit the Artificers and then travel into the Arcane District because um, fate... Because fate needs spells. Well, fate also has to do his community service as part of the um, the Wizards Guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where is the magic in the temple? I mean, geographically, latitude 45. <laughs> I mean, it's along the way. You guys, it's actually to the north of the center of the city. So you, you would walk around the perimeter of the Marshall District to get there. So you guys just tell me who wants to do what first, and we'll do it in that order. There's no conflict with who does what first geography-wise. M- it's just who wants to do their stuff first. And since you're all, M- since you can't be more than 500 feet apart, you're all going together. So you guys need to work out who's doing what first. My bike. Let's go to the bike. Yeah, we can do the bike and then the acetar. Yeah, let's get get the stupid bike thing let's, done. Let's yeah, go watch fun. Todd fail to get his bike built. With. Whoa, whoa. Someone's jealous they don't have a bike. If you play your cards right, I may get a sidecar added for <laughs> one of you guys. So, hey, let's probably play your cards right. Didn't it already have a sidecar? Make sure you smile real big when you look at the guy who fixes this bike. <laughs> Are you bringing the bike with you? No, I'm just gonna. T- I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> what? So you're gonna go. You're gonna go to the mechanic and be like, "Hey, man, I got a bitching bike. Can you fi- can you fix it?" Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll bring, I'll bring the bike with me. And as I bring the bike with me, I catch a glimpse of my face and see wings on it in the side mirrors. Perception check, my friend. It's not that easy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you need to roll some dice. You look in the mirror? You can do a perception check on yourself? Maybe the mirror's dirty. You don't know. Yeah, you guys just got done driving through some swamps. It's a, it's a pretty crappy mirror. It was made by a lizard man. <laughs> Maybe the mirror is broken. Somebody totally clipped one of those mirrors going through the drive-thru. Or you just didn't decide to look at it. Uh, I decided to look at it. I just said I did. Per- perception. A 12. Yeah, I will say Todd does spot the dicks oh, on his face. <laughs> yes. He immediately spits on his cloth and just starts to wipe him. And he's mad because well, he knows one of y'all did it. And he knows it was one of y'all. Which one do you guess? It was a stray mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was the stray mushroom. I made sure that. You've got to establish a basin that magically fills up with water inside the Winter Major where you're headed. And you still spit on a <laughs> spit on an oily rag and wipe it on your face. It's just all smeared now. <laughs> so you smeared these dicks all over your face. Um, and then go in and get your motorcycle out so yes uh, are you riding it are you walking it what's the what's the situation i'm, I'm walking it okay i'm walking it because it looks cool and when you just walk it. are you straddling in walking like a little kid on one of those ballot bikes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Fine, so. legs just flinging back yep. and forth yes, yes. <laughs> well you guys push it along by the handlebars Wee. <laughs> so you guys travel along uh and are able to come up to an area which has clearly got a about seven or eight extremely diverse workshops. You've got a cluster of dwarves working on some extremely complicated forging apparatus. You've got some a, a little cluster of gnomes that seem to be working on a little bit more of an alchemical situation. It's almost like a 
kind of a maker's alley where there's these these very square shaped buildings that have these roll up doors like warehouse doors that are all rolled up that as you walk by you can see guys clinking together little bits that that attach on to mechanical birds or lighting Bunsen burners underneath infusions to watch the solution bubble up and then form the face of a skull and then it drifts away going, <laughs> and then in another one, there's a guy who is just straight up doing CrossFit. Like somebody put a CrossFit <laughs> fucking gym in here, fucking assholes. Who puts a CrossFit gym in the middle of the Artificers District? But somebody did because they're everywhere. It's like, oh, who's my tire magically flipping tire? And he's just flipping a tire. But this is this is kind of where you want to go. So uh, there's a guy on the corner that's working on a carriage that seems to be, he seems to be modding it out a little bit to make it a more combat oriented. Like he's got what is a normal kind of Stogo wagony looking uh, driverless carriage that he is, seems to be bolting plates onto and putting those spikes that come out of gladiator tires on the edge of it. He's like, this is going to be the most fishing wagon ever. He's a very slight elven man with his hair drawn back into two pigtails up at the top of his head. And as he's screwing on these these blades into this tire, a gnomish woman pops up over the edge of it and goes, okay, yeah, a little bit more there to the left. Okay, perfect. That's almost aligned perfectly. Okay, we're, we're, we're coming along now. This thing is going to be ready. Yeah, uh, sir, um, I, I like what you're doing over there with that, with that carriage. Um, I'm looking to get some work done on my bitchin' hot ride over here. I'm sorry, what? And the, the gnomish woman pops up. Hold on. This is where I open the Discord and get some NPCs out of the Discord naming bucket. Okay, this is perfect. Way to go, Saga Nat, out for these names. The woman pops up and goes, well, hey, my name's Ham Jam. Ham Jam Gillum. This is my uh, my assistant, Champagne Pank. What can we do for you? Uh, yes. Ham Jam, you said your name? Ham Jam. That's Ham Jam. Yeah, so why, you got a problem with Ham Jam? <laughs> no, just just wanted to make sure I know who I'm addressing. Wait, is your name Todd? <laughs> My friend said something about you. Dude, first of all, don't try that art of the deal bullshit over here, man. That doesn't work for with me. I'll tell you right now. No, no, there's no art of the deal. No art of the deal. Just want to see. You've got a reputation with artificers in this town already. What, what do you need? Just wanted to check out your wares and see if you could, what is available mm -hmm. for my hot rod. Oh, is this, is this, oh, and you know, she definitely was colder to you at first, but when she sees this bizarre swamp punk motorcycle that you've got, she's like, wow, oh, well, okay. Now I'm mildly impressed. Did you make this? Uh, I stole it. Okay. All right. Well, okay. We would say salvage in the business just for future reference. <laughs> gotcha. You salvaged it. Were the people that you took it from dead when you took ownership of it? Uh, after they might have been. Okay. Did they attack you first or did you attack them first? First. Oh, they, def they definitely attacked first. Boom, salvage. If you attack <laughs> them first, it's pillaging. If they attack you first, salvage. We're totally cool with salvage. Pillaging's for assholes. Okay, <laughs> so let me see this thing. And she gets down and clambers over to it. She's like, okay, all right, let's see what they're going here with. Okay, they've got, oh, wow, that's very, they've, uh, I'm amazed. Oh, look, somebody did actually manage to maintain this. Okay, so we've got a rudimentary combustion engine. No magic whatsoever. Fascinating. Fascinating. So this this thing runs on um on some kind of fuel, huh? There's not a drip of magic in this thing. Not right now. Oh, I see what you're getting at here. Uh, so you're wanting us to put an arcane engine in this thing, and you want a catapult drive, basically. Yeah, magic the shit out of this thing. Magic. <laughs> oh, look! I really like your enthusiasm for what we're doing here. Like, how crazy can I get with it? Uh, I need to I need to know. 
Uh, what you plan on doing before we get get there? Okay, you're taking it down a notch, man. <laughs> you're really you're fucking blowing the mood. You are you are going so good with it. We were here for it. Well, th- well, then listen, <laughs> go, go wild. Go, surprise me. Surprise me. <laughs> there we go. See what they say around you around these pots isn't completely true. All right, so. Oh, uh, what we're going to do is uh, I could definitely get the catapult drive for you in this time, but I'm going to go nuts with the plans on this thing and we're going to keep tweaking it and we will keep working this thing right and working this thing. I, I could I just could see modifications in the future. But if you give me a couple of days, I can absolutely get you a catapult drive in this thing that'll be magically driven. Sounds great. I, I trust that you do good work. I hear I hear nothing but good, great things about you. Ham, ham jam. Ham jam. That's right. Put some respect on it, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. So the way that the catapult drives work is for the most part, they are self-sustaining. They're like a perpetual motion machine that's driven by the catapult spell looped around a set of pistons, which then fire up and down. They do occasionally have to be recharged. So you're going to have to get fate to burn a couple spell slots on this thing every once in a while. Um, Nothing that will interfere probably with the campaign, but I'll work out a, a how far this thing can go on a long rest before somebody has to dump a spell slot into it. So I'll get you I'll get you the spell mileage on this thing when I'm done. <laughs> Got it. Miles per spell. <laughs> Fucking miles per spell. Jesus Christ. Okay. MPS. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and then yeah, over time what we'll do is we'll tweak this thing a little bit uh, and I will come up with some long-term mods for this thing. Okay. Let's talk payment here. Mm-hmm. How are you with daredevil feats of exciting uh, uh, of a uh, driving skill. Oh, that's, that's, that's kind of one of the things I've mastered. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of my thing. Okay. Here's the thing. There's a big rally coming up in a couple of months and um, we, we want to sponsor somebody with our shop to do it. That's why we were working on this cart thing. And Champagne goes, yeah, I was going to drive it, man. This is going to be real good. It's going to be real good. Yeah, he was going to totally die. There's fucking people dying this thing all the time. I hired this guy mostly because, uh, one, he's hung like a bull moose. Two, fucking expendable as fuck. So, <laughs> what, what? It's cool. It's cool, baby. Go back to the, the hub. So, uh, what I'm going to need is if you will race under our banner in that rally, then uh, I will fucking totally magic the shit out of your rod, bro. And I do not mean that in a sexual fucking fashion whatsoever. So fuck you. <laughs> this, this sounds like a play. All right. And she holds out her hand to shake it. I stick my hand out and I shake it too cautiously. But yes. She goes, out of first bond. And you feel a little bit of a tingle. What? <laughs> 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 and you now have a artificer's contract with this lady, which is effectively, if you don't go do that race, bad shit's going to happen. <laughs> but we'll deal with that later on. Mm, All right. Mm. Todd, mission accomplished. By the time you get back around the Todd Rod, <laughs> the uh, hot Todd, the hot trod. It still feels like there's a better one of those. The hot toddy? The hot toddy? <laughs> no, that would be his racing name. Here's hot toddy <laughs> on his. That's pretty good. <laughs> the Todd Chopper. The Todd Mobile. The Todd Rod. <laughs> the Todd Rod. That's my junk. That's something else. <laughs> that's my junk. That's, a, that's my nickname for my junk. Sorry. Chopper Todd. <laughs> Trouble Clock Todd. You hear Echo go, God damn it. <laughs> this is going to be so badass. I cannot fucking wait till that episode. I cannot wait until you are fucking doing a rally race. It's going to be real challenging. I don't know where your friends are going to be. <laughs> 500 feet. Yeah. There's definitely going to have to be like a four-man sidecar action going on. That's going to be super risky. Cool. I cannot wait for that. 
<laughs> but yeah, you guys will have to figure out how to make that work. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, didn't think that one through very well, did we? So who's up next? Baba can, Baba can go to the Asatar. Yeah, you guys are right on the edge of the military district. You head over towards the Asatar shop. I mean, even before you get to it, you hear the solid clanking of metal being hammered into more and more dangerous shapes. Uh, and as you round the corner there, just slamming away at a, at a bar of stock. Not iron. It's definitely, it's a metal you guys haven't seen before. It's almost got a greenish tinge to it. And when he springs this, that what would normally be a two-handed hammer for somebody that has had its shadow shortened to be a blacksmith's hammer down on it and it creates almost an inverse spark like it slams into it and this energy pulses out but it's drawn back in almost as if there's a negative space being drawn into it each time he slams down onto this thing and he stops he looks up and he goes oh this is gonna be the acetar voice going forward <laughs> oh hey uh baba it's uh baba tunde uh, it's so good to see you again yes my friend yes this 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 Yikula has been I just wanted to come thank you for its magnificent uh, uh, workmanship. It has been uh, a, a very handy tool, worthy of combat under the Agu uh, name. I, I, I am enjoying it thoroughly. That, that, is, that makes me feel mildly less irritated. Uh, that is, it's so good to see somebody truly appreciate a weapon and use it to its max potential. Tell me. What are some of the things that you uh, you used you used it on? I have I have slain dragons. I have used it to escape from quicksand. Oh, I have attacked. We we fought bullywogs. We fought all sorts of things throughout the swamps. I've met the business end of Dizyakula. So you you used the the immovable rod part that came in handy, right? That was pretty cool, right? Absolutely, it was great. I, I appreciate it so much. Oh, uh, that's not all. I've been working on the rune patterns. See, the Asimantium Yikula is more than just a weapon made of the unique alloy that I created. It's also a magical matrix which uses the runes, the martial runes that I've imprinted on the haft to enact different effects. What? But it was always a matter of figuring out the different rune combinations that would need to be activated to broaden it its effects. So I've got a new one figured out. If May I? And he kind of holds out his hands for it. Yes, absolutely. I said, oh, check this out. And he clicks down a different set of rune pattern. Like normally when you engage the uh, the immovable rod, you know, it's, it's forefinger, pinky, thumb, index finger. And this time he goes double thumbs, double pinkies. And it pops apart. He goes, oh, it's not broken. Stay cool. Mm -hmm. And now it can be dual wielded as a, still doing the normal Yikula damage, but with the offhand being used as a club. Still, wait, there's more. And he takes it and he binks it down onto the ground and it zings forward, flips up, ricochets back and returns to his hand. Because every single time it'll come back. So basically it, it has the ability to operate as a blunt club, uh, still carries the same bonus with the thrown property and the returning property as well. So Daredevil Staff. Oh. <laughs> he's just got, he's got Daredevil Staff. Daredevil, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a uh, hammer of Thor. You can split it into a Daredevil Billy Club, yeah. Mjolnir. Oh, and so d does that, that works for just the blunt in, or can the sharp end be thrown as well? You can throw the sharp end, but it doesn't bounce back like the, the blunt end does. Oh. I hadn't figured that. Good to know. I did figure something else out, but this one is, um, it's kind of, it. Uh, it's not unstable, but it uses a lot of the energy that's stored into it. So this one, if you use this next pattern, this is all 10 fingers. He clicks in and he clicks on every rune that he possibly can. 
It's okay. And he holds it up. He's like, all right, I want you to, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Uh, Come on, don't be a pussy, man. Kick me right in the gym. I don't care. Just hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> looks at him reluctantly and takes a swing. It clocks into him and he stumbles back. He goes, oh, all right. Okay, cool. And you see a slight glow start to appear around, around the Asimantium. He's like, okay, uh, just give me another one. Give me another one. Uh, he's still a little reluctant. But he does it again. Right, you wail back into him and it clocks him. His head whips around the other direction. A little spit flies out. I mean, you've done, what is Baba's strength bonus? Plus two. All right. So you've done basically six points of unarmed strike damage. Okay, here you go. And he lunges forward with the blunt end and just taps you on the chest and it pulses out and it releases the six damage back into you, basically. So you get this kind of staggering blow pushed back. So the way this is going to work is it's a built-in force hellish rebuke that for every 10 points of damage that Baba takes, the Asimantium Yakula will absorb that as a D6 potential of force hellish rebuke, which can be unleashed just like the Black and Black Panther suit. Nice. I figured that's where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> but when you do it, like, that's it for the day. It's got a max of 10d6, and once you fire that off, it is powered down, and it's just a normal, indestructible yucula for the rest <laughs> oh. of the day. It loses its attack bonus. It loses the immovable rod and the and the bouncy return function. So okay. it is kind of your ultimate attack with this thing. Okay, so it when I get hit, I roll a d6, and that's how much damage it holds? So no, for every 10 points of damage you take, it charges a d6. Oh, I get one d6. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I got exactly. You. Okay, yeah. I got you. So one d6 per 10 points of damage, and that charge builds up and can be held until the long rest, at which point it resets, right? You don't have to use it, but once you use it, it's a normal one for the day. It can power up to 10d6, but yeah, this was always going full-blown Black Panther with this thing, so <laughs> this is the evolution of your legacy weapon, so... I thank the the Asatar. Oh, I I appreciate this. I will I will use this wisely. I uh and report back to you on all the foes that fall at at your work. Well, I, I know I I know what what you have in front of you. I've you know I've I've traveled quite a bit. I know that you are on your way to to compete to be the next Oba. There would be no greater honor for me than for you to use one of my creations in um in that challenge in that combat. And I can only hope that it brings you success along the way. Um, also, tell people that I made it and that it's bitching and badass and uh, the, the, like come by my shop because rent here is not cheap and uh, neither is the weird fucking metals that I am putting into things. So cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, you're, you're more than welcome. Anybody, anybody else need anything um, except for that guy? Fucking Todd. Hey, guys. Ask me. Get the fuck out of here. I can't believe we're doing this again. Can one of the elements be Toddanium? Toddanium. <laughs> Not unless Todd makes amends with, with the, with the acetide. Oh, man. I, I see that Dragonborn's not around anymore. You got a tree guy with you now. That's kind of cool. Is there anything else, anything you guys needed? No, nope. no, nope, that would be all. Okay. All right. Who's up next? Uh, we got, uh, we got a little uh, community service and we got uh, Moyle wanting to get the Shafter's hammer. Oh, I'll do my community service now. Dregan, I don't want to hear it. Things did too happen this episode. All right, announcements really quick for the week. As always, Harlan continues to pop up as a guest on the pop-up filmcast, and Jamie provides you with all the gaming news you could ever need over at Three Angry Gamers. Be sure to check them out on their other shows in the show notes below. Hey, and speaking of checking stuff out, we stream every Thursday, 7.30 Central Standard Time, over at twitch.tv forward slash GMDLcast. 
We've been really focused on community interviews lately, mainly because we've had so many cool people reach out and want to tell us about Making Dice or their podcast or even come by and do some inter-squad PvP with a fight night. Even if streaming's not normally your thing, we encourage you to check it out. Get over to twitch.tv forward slash GMDLcast. Click follow. Another easy way to know when we're going live or to get posts of when we are doing an extra show, because we do more than just Thursdays. It's every Thursday for sure, but then we'll add a show here and there. Head on over to Twitter and follow us at GMDLcast. And hey, while you're out in the internet, ah, the internet, I remember what it was like. I mean, I don't remember it fondly, but I do remember it. Anyway, while you're out there in what I assume are your functional tubes, head on over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and, you know, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things that podcasts normally ask to help the algorithms tell other people that we're important and to help reinforce us to let us know that you appreciate what we're doing because we desperately crave the validation. Okay, that'll do it. Back to the show. You guys stroll over to the Mages District, to the Mage Guild. Uh, remember, this was that kind of squat central tower surrounded by eight individual towers tied to the, each one of the schools, each one being a, a very much a physical representation of the spells that you would associate with that school. The Abjuration uh, appears to have some kind of glowing force field around it. The Divination has a very Eye of Saurani looking blue glowing eye on top of it, it's kind of scanning around the city. Again, the Enchantment was all mirrors and the doors slide open. You're in that big lounge library area and up to the main desk and the automaton looks up at you and goes, welcome to the Taliesin Mages Guild. Are you a member? Fate sighs because he remembers this thing. This thing again. He takes out his card and presents it to the automaton. (laughs) If you're a member, say one. One. (laughs) Excellent. Do you have your membership card? Yes. Please present it. And it leans its head forward and opens up its mouth. Um, fate very gingerly sets it in there because he's afraid it's going to bite his fingers. No, it, it slows in and he goes, that's how I like it. No, I'm just fucking with you. Scanning, <laughs> scanning, scanning. <laughs> fate of Normir. It like zips out of his mouth. He goes, here you go. You're due for your 10 hours of community service. Oh, no. Will you be accomplishing that today? <sighs> yes. Excellent. How will you be doing your community service? Will you be doing community outreach? Fate waits for other options. Will you be doing experimentation? Continues holding breath for better options. Will you be doing mortal combat (laughs) in defense of the Mages Guild? Community outreach. Community outreach. I heard you say death by combat. (laughs) Death by combat. Combat to the death in defense of the Guild. Was that correct? No. I'm sorry. Please repeat your selection. Community outreach. Fantastic. You chose experimentation. Is that correct? Fate stops to think about it. He doesn't really like dealing with people either way. Experimentation doesn't sound entirely terrible since he's already dealing with Ognum. And he also wants to get this over. Yes. Yes. We're sorry. Experimentation has now been booked. Community outreach is all that's left. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) To achieve... 
10 hours of community outreach, please plan on spending the next one hour in a pocket of space-time with the following mages. And he rattles off a list of elderly mages who uh, need to be checked in on from oh, time to time. Oh. So when mages and Taliesin retire, they get more and more and more and more powerful and create more and more and more demiplanes. And the time moves incredibly different there. So he gives you a keystone when you activate it, it, it's like stepping into like the ready room in the matrix where you guys step into a white space uh, and then just a blossoming mandala of fractal stairs bloom out from your starting position. Each one of them spinning around and curling and going to a different numbered door. And you look at the list and you realize, okay, there's 125 names on this list. And you guys spend the next 10 hours going and knocking on different doors and speaking to different elderly wizards and talking to their familiars and spending time with them. And throughout that journey, fate, every once in a while, one of them will I go, you know, a good lad like you deserves a spell. Hi there, young man. <laughs> and one of them will slide you a spell over time. And you realize this is how these guys pass on their magical knowledge. <gasps> is through these visitations. So over the course of all the visits, some of them with extremely welcoming and, you know, so happy to see you elderly wizards, some probably a little bit racist, although no, <laughs> some extremely belligerent. I can't believe I have to get visited by you. So we're going to visit a bunch of Turners. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, except way hornier in space time. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you get your ass croaked more than a few times by a few of these old, old ladies. <laughs> you guys trundle around and basically spend what feels like a, a vast, infinite amount of time having tea with different wizards across this internal space. And again, it's just safer for them. It keeps them from being hassled by, you know, by halflings for looking to have rings destroyed. It is it is very much a retirement space for them. But, you know, they, they do like to have the younger wizards come by and, and tell stories to them. So, you know, you spend some time going through and, and visiting each one of these individual mages. And uh, at the end of it, you've, you've managed to call out five spells um, and then you're shunted back into real space and you turn back in the fractal gem to the automaton and it thank you for your service next time it will be experimentation each choice can only be selected one oh, no. have a great day well that wasn't too terrible he says but looking like completely drained and exasperated but he's happy because he's got the spells in his hands so he's like all right well shall we carry on Yep, it's going to take weeks to get the smell of Bengay out of my fucking cloak, but thanks, dude. You guys have an interminable amount of familiar hair <laughs> all over your clothes. Like, it is cats and bats and dogs and sprites and fairy dragon scales. Like, it is, you guys have gone and visited 125 grandma and grandpas uh, in in an extra-dimensional space over the span of 10 hours. What, in real time, was about an hour, but was in relative time about 10 hours, but very enriching experience. Did I get any hard candy while we were there? <laughs> you got so, well, actually, what? Roll. Give me a persuasion check to see if you sweet talk. All right. Let me roll the persuasion to see if we if I earned him any hard candies. Okay, that'll work. That'll work. A disadvantage fate because of you being a um, an absolute pain in the ass. Yeah, I get it. Come on, Werther's. Let's go. That's a 17. That's a 17. That would definitely be some Werther's. Do you want mage candy? <laughs> Do you get those those old strawberry candies? Strawberry swirls? I mean, yeah. Yeah, the ones with a little goo in it? Yeah. The ones that, you know, that would sometimes also be inside the sewing kit. And an eight. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Oh, fuck. 
Oh, I'm sorry. That is um, not even the butterscotches. Oh. Those are not even the cinnamon discs, but it's almost like a artificial chocolatey cinnamon disc. Oh, I think I know. Mm. It's supposed to be chocolate, <laughs> but it really tastes a little bit like pain in glass. No, it's mm. <laughs> almost like a fake root beer, but not as good. I remember those. Those were terrible. What a disappointment of all the artificial flavors. <laughs> My brain just said that some old, older uh, f- female mage took the time to like bite a peppermint in half, but still kind of slobbered on it a little bit and then gave that to him. Like didn't even give him the option to not take it. She just popped it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did, did Moyle end up uh, buried under a stack of old newspapers from one of the hoarder old people <laughs> guys these are not like shut-in mages these are successful retired have gone to live off in a, in a in a plane of existence that they have crafted to their own making kind of deal they just they tend to get a little bit take over the worldy if left alone yeah, for yeah. too long mm-hmm. um in an existence where nobody ever tells them no and they're every women's catered to so they like to have the younger mages check in to keep them grounded but yeah De- moyle definitely got watered more than a few times while he was there like oh with <gasps> what a lovely little tree man you've got there. Let me a little storm cloud and rain all over him. Oh, there you go. You let you enjoy that, don't you? Whether you like it or not. Moyle's hair grows. The grass on him grows. You are very popular with the familiars. I will say that much too. <laughs> he got peed on quite a few times. You've got a lot <laughs> of pee and, and cat scratches <laughs> up and down those thighs, man. Oh no. Oh no. But that, but you know, that'll, that'll regenerate. Um, the smell may not go away for a little bit, but the, uh, and you're pretty sure there's at least one bird's nest I'll like on your shoulder now where uh, a familiar that was a wren started to put it together. So <laughs> I think I think the last thing we have on the list is Moyle wanting to get the shaft for his hammer. That's right. So kind of walk me through what Moyle is looking for here. Moyle is looking for a very particular item. He needs something hard and that would fit the, the hammerhead. Like with the hammer of chaos. Well, it's not the hammer of chaos yet. Right now, it's it's just a uh, it's just a block of stone that can be fashioned into a hammerhead. What did I get from the dragon? What would you say? I should say it's just a block of stone, a magical block of stone. Does it emanate? It definitely radiates energy. Moyle, you need to go get a shaft for that hammerhead, buddy. It's it's ready to be attached to something, but I wouldn't just put a stick up in it. Oh, hi, Baggy. Uh, yes, I need to get uh, something special for this hammer, this head. Well, I don't I don't like that voice very much either. What? But what are we What are we doing, buddy? What do you mean? Why are you talking like that? What happened? What happened to you? What voice would you want? Why Why are you Groot all of a sudden? Not Groot. I, I mean, say Groove. All right. Why, why don't you walk me through what you're looking for? Um, what, Where would Moyle want to go look? Uh, either like a seedy pawn shop or a uh, magic shop. Uh, I don't. I think there's something in Moyle that's saying avoid the temple. Something from his past. So uh, what exactly are you looking for, Moyle? I mean, are you looking for what do you want to make the handle out of? Oh, a bone would be a really good uh, option, I think, for the Hammer of Chaos. Okay. Uh, something that's kind of deathly. Okay. Yeah, you could do... Um, you could do... I mean, there's a couple of really big, weird beasts you could go. So give me a... Give me a survival check. See if you can find your way around to a... What will basically be a boneyard. You guys can give him the help action on this if you need to. Help Moyle. What? Blasphemy. A uh, 12. Does anybody want to give him the help action and let him roll it advantage? I will. I will help him. I will help him. Okay. So, Andrew, go ahead and roll an advantage. I feel like it's going to be worse. (laughs) 
Don't say that. Positive. Stay positive, man. 17. See? Oh, okay, cool. Interesting. All right. So you um you you start to weave your way through the mages district looking for some place that would sell a, a fossil or a bone that would be big enough to be fashioned into a handle for this block that Baggy has told you would be a be a good hammer. And you you find yourself working closer and closer to the wall. And while there's no like there's no slums in Taliesin's, as you get closer to the wall in any district, you get a little bit into the shadow of the wall, depending upon what time of day it is, and the properties tend to get a little bit on the, uh, not on the lower, but a little bit more... Seedy? Yeah, seedy is exactly the word I'm looking for. Uh, things start to get a little bit seedier. Is it? It's like rock bottom in SpongeBob. Very much so. Yeah, I, there's a reference. I'll, I'll go with that reference for sure. Like for example, Ognum, who's at the edge of the Marshall, is kind of in that art, artificer kind of same range. Is up against the wall because that's where the weird science happens up in that border. So you can imagine as you get closer to the wall in the Mages District, up against the Temple District, things get more arcane. You see, instead of towers made out of glass and stone and crystal, they start to get a little bit fleshy looking. Like you're pretty sure that's just a giant finger that somebody has carved into a tower that may or may not still be oozing a little bit of blood. Uh, you walk down an alley, the building walls are just faces imprinted into the wall that are like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Can you stop? Come and stop and stop and hang out with us for a second. We're just that we're just we're very lonely here. Things get weirder and creepier as you push in looking for something and you you round a corner and there's like an open, almost like an open lot and strewn around it in, in various piles are bones of all shapes and sizes, ranging from chicken bones to you see a big arching rib on scale with the dragon that you guys saw out into the swamp. There is, you're pretty sure there's a, a weird skull that uh, looks very similar to the lizard skull on Todd's bike, but it has three horns coming out of it and Baba instinctively shudders for some reason, um, but you have found a boneyard and a cloaked figure of indeterminate uh, species and gender comes over to you wearing these black, you would almost say chalky at first, but you very clearly see that this is some kind of ground up bone dust that seems to lend a, a tinge of gray to this heavy woolen cloak. And it walks up to you, cloak pulled forward and goes, hey, can, I, can I help you? Do, you? do you want to buy some bones? Ooh. Uh, yes, my good man. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> I've been... <coughs> I'm sorry. Ooh, God. Bone dust all day long. It does not do wonders for your throat. Uh, can I interest uh, Can I interest you in some bones? What are, what are you looking for? Anything in particular? Oh, uh, well, do you mind if I peruse your uh, inventory? See what catches the eye? Yeah, wander the lot. Take a look around. See see what um, see what fits your fancy. And then we can, we can talk about terms. Uh, Moyle wanders the... Uh... The boneyard, uh, whistling weirdly happy and optimistic in such a uh, depressing place, and uh... give me a uh, investigation check. All right. Is anybody else looking for a bone while they're while they're here? Hey, hey anyone looking for a bone to pick? Oh boy. No, thank you. You hear the salesperson go, ha, 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 that's a good one, sir. That is a, oh, that's a bone zinger. <laughs> Haven't heard that one before. I'm going to tell the boys in my, my acapella group that later. This is a 19 crit hit, near crit. Holy shit, you crit for real? No, it's a 19. Oh, not, not quite. quite. Oh, okay. Just, just Still, so 19 is pretty spectacular. All right, easy. Calm it down, boys. Come on now. Not everybody is, is this here for bone quest as you are. <laughs> Bone quest. Bone quest. Bone. Uh, it's a different game. Boner gate. Nobody's gonna ask. Nobody's gonna ask the salesman what his what his acapella group's name is. <laughs> Nobody. 
Is it nobody? It seems like you're fishing for this. Uh, nobody. <laughs> we walked all the way here. We're just going to leave Bone Thugs and Harmony right on the table. Right on the fucking table. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. I set shit up all day long. Listen, listen. This is Moyle's adventure. This is Moyle's adventure. That's his line. You could have you could have at least named the name of the shop the crossroads. Oh see. see. <laughs> oh, see? There you go. See, that's why we serve these things up. So yeah, with that 19 Moyle, you round a corner and there was what looks like somebody had been piling up femurs of various shapes and sizes, and they kind of slid over, kind of like going into a department store and you know looking for that you know that rare action figure and it's actually back behind the road tucked behind the uh, phantom menace lego set that nobody wants because those are garbage movies and then finding the, the the sweet set last jedi was good sweet set behind it fuck you drinking uh, from behind it you slide it out and it is uh, well, you, why, don't, why don't you describe to me what you see? Since you're 19, why don't you describe to me what uh, what you slide out from behind this hidden stash of of piled femurs? Moyle is rummaging through. There's a glint of light, and he just feels this kind of warm, tingly feeling, like just there's something right there in front of him. And he is moving bones left and right, shoving off these femurs. Uh, he tickles one of them uh, to tickle his own fancy. <laughs> And he says, he, he pulls one up and says, hey, I found the funny bone. Oh, <laughs> and then throws it aside and it uh, bonks, bonks a possum running through there on the head. Uh, uh, and then uh, he he pushes down, pushes down and he sees it, this long rod. And he grabs it and he's like, this is the shaft. And uh, so Moyle grabs it. Uh, gets a firm grip on this uh, shaft and he looks at it and he's like, this is a hard, powerful object. You're really yanking on it there. And he and he waves he he waves it around uh, to show uh, what's what do we get the name of uh, this dusty fellow's name? No, you, you didn't ask my name. Uh, hey, dusty fellow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dusty fellow. Yes. Can I can I help you? Oh, oh. First off, what's your name, good sir? Is it Business Bone? Uh, I believe your friend got it right. It's Business Bone. What are you going to do for you? <laughs> oh, Busy Bone. Of course. <laughs> there, we, there we go. That's right. Yes. Yes. Uh, anywho, Busy Bone, I think I have found a shaft for me. I should say the shaft for me. Could you tell me a little bit about this? Because it, it looks like a gorgeous, magnificent shaft. Yeah, you've got a real boner for it, I can tell. Hang on, let me see. Um, yeah, uh, that is a... Um, wow, I don't I don't know where this came from. Um, that's Grimshod with uh, all kinds of runes on it. Um, hmm, hang on just a second. Let me get my associate. Hey, uh, KB, KB, get over, get over here. And uh, that second guy in the same kind of robes walks up. He goes... Ah, what, dude? Oh, Jesus, the bone dust. <clears throat> hey, okay, yeah, what can I do for you, gentlemen? <laughs> um, well. And Busy Bone goes, have you seen this before? I don't recognize it from our regular stock. And and uh, KB, uh, well, hmm, I don't know, Busy. That doesn't look like our normal equipment. I'm going to have to cast Legend Lore on it. 
and you see him pull his dusty arms back or dusty robe sleeves back and, and flip his hands out a little bit and kind of wave over back and forth. Fate, you can clearly see no magic is being cast whatsoever. He goes, oh, <laughs> nice. that is fascinating. <laughs> fascinating stuff. Well, um, I believe... This is a uh, this is a um, a whale dick bone that was found in the woods by a mad furbolg that carved all kinds of scrimshawed incantations and runes. Look, you can see them; they almost look like they're moving in the light. And my spell is telling me that uh, the, yeah, that furbolg fell on hard times and was uh, robbed by uh, a satyr, which scampered on into uh, onto Taliesin and eventually would sell the bone as ill-gotten loot. And over time, all bones mo- make their way to, to the crossroads, uh, as we call it, because I'm totally stealing that fucking line. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> this is a, this is a quite an interesting piece. What do you intend to do with it, sir? I intend KB. May I call you KB? My friends call me crazy. You can call me crazy. <laughs> All right. Crazy. You seem sane to me, but I'll call you crazy. Uh, I'm going to turn this into a hammer an awesome hammer, mm. but not just any hammer. The Hammer of Chaos. Well. Or is that too early to announce that though? No, you can call it the Hammer. You can call your Hammer whatever the fuck you want to call it. As you wish. And you see a guy pop up from the back. Oh, did you need me? Ah, sorry, Bone Dust. Did you guys need me? No <laughs> wish. You're cool. Go back to work. Go back to inventorying the finger knuckles. <laughs> All right, cool. Back at it. And he dips back down. <laughs> so um, let's talk. Let's talk about price. What would you <laughs> offer us for this fine, this fine baculum? Because the joke is, I'm baculum in action. Mm, mm, that is quite a joke. I tell you what, it's the first of the month. <laughs> I will give you our first of the month discount on, on your baculum. Winkle, winkle, winkle. Oh! <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And what should we be looking at for a first of the month sort of discount? Well, you know, normally <laughs> for our regular bones, we just take gold or silver or something. But this is this is actually a uh, a and you do think this sales guy was giving you some shit about what this thing was, Moyle. But as you grip it in your hands, you do feel the rune sh- shift to it. And while you think he, there's something to that story, this thing does have a a deeper eldritch origin than what, you know, what would normally cause one of these bones to end up on the shelf. And while the sales guy may not feel like he's being completely sincere about it, you immediately feel an energy to it that goes beyond what it originally might have been. And I mean, you can sense its value. He goes, well, hmm, you know, normally we would just take gold or silver, but this thing is mm, it's a little special. Um, hang on. I'm going to need to ask my manager. One moment. Just a second. Flash! Flash! Come on out! <clears throat> yeah, what can I do for you guys? Flesh, would you uh, would you give me a price check on this amazing baculum? Oh, mm, that amazing baculum, you say. Hmm. Well, I tell you what, um, we will take a finger bone for it. A fingering for it? You want me to finger you? No, a finger bone. One of your finger bones. Does he have bones? One of my finger bones. Yes, 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 in trade. Uh, okay. Would a toe work? Mm, we don't want the toe. We are the flesh. Uh, we just want the bone. Okay. Uh. Okay. Do you do you do you have bones in that fibrous, strange body of yours? 
Sort of. It's a pretty unique bone if you really think about it. I mean, interesting, interesting, interesting. Hmm. I look around and all I see are these old white bones. Have you ever had one of these tree bones? I I have not. What a fascinating. Hmm, that's very interesting. So he goes, on that note, I will take a toe bone. I will take your big toe bone if that works. You have yourself a deal, Flash. Excellent, excellent. And he uh, he kind of squats down over your foot. Is it? Mm, is that? Uh, are you wearing a boot? What? It, what? It, what is that? Uh, that's the latest in uh, swamp fashion, and it's just moss. Okay. it's literally just moss on his <laughs> on his foot. All right, all right. <laughs> all right well, gonna, he parts it aside, and you know, more like when you transfer him to the Warforge, you have your foot is shaped like a foot, but it's very mannequin footy. Like the toes are all fused together. <laughs> There's not individual toes. There's the outline of toes where toes were, but it's very much a solid plank. And this guy takes his fingers in and there's a slight greenish black glow as he dips into the edge of your body and slowly peels back the bark of your toe. And sure enough, right there in the middle, there's this gleaming white, what would almost be heartwood bone. And he disconnects it and he pops it out and it, it doesn't feel painful. But there is a sense of dislocation as he pops this this heartwood tree bone out of your body and then smooths your flesh back together. And if this had been anybody else, you would have like a flappy skin sack of toe right now. But since you're this warforged creation, you do feel like you, you still have some, some density to it. Uh, it's just a little bit spongier. I'd be careful kicking anything with that big toe. He goes, okay, well then, sir, our deal is done. Ah! <laughs> they all cackle in unison, almost in harmony, <clears throat> and slowly back away into the bone pile. Huh? That echoes in the wind. I <laughs> so I don't appreciate that vivid description of separate taking that man's bone out of his foot. Did uh, did they get a boner for that bone? You certainly had one for here for your baculum. Baba suddenly misses his uncle Charles. <laughs> 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 Autobots, roll out. There it is. All right, so you guys have pretty much wrapped up uh, everything that you needed to do for your downtime. Uh, is there anything else anybody wanted to do before you guys headed back to Ognum's lab to pick up your dispatch for the uh, courier mission that he's going to have you do? Uh, Fate's going to send another, or go check the mail to see if his mother's wrote him back, write her again, even though whether, regardless of whether or not she has or has not, and then send another letter to his lender and some more money. He's going to send another uh, 30 gold. You plop that into the courier service and it they take it off. And while you're there, actually, one of the centaurs who's working behind the counter. That's right. Centaurs work behind the counter. They don't have to deliver mail. It's not Pony Express. This guy's a fucking just a counter guy. He looks over. He points it out and he goes, hey, wait a minute. Um, is your, uh, your name Eldrin Thaneros? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, why? Who's asking? And he pulls a, um, well, I mean, there's really no other way to, to say it. A, what looks like a bow wrapped in brown paper, uh, and he holds the tag up. And when he flips the tag over and unfolds it, you can see written in gold scroll work, Eldrin Thaneros, and it projects out a little pic, like a little hazy picture of you. But it is definitely you from 10 years ago. It's a younger version of you, which is why he didn't recognize you at first. So this is something that would have been couriered here to you with a standard magical identification tag, but clearly sent by someone who has a an outdated image of what Eldrin looks like. He goes, uh, this was, uh, this is delivered for you. 
that's pretty weird. Uh, no one knows that I'm here. No one that, you know, would would know me back when this picture was, you know, taken. Uh, that's... Hey, hey, bud, this is a post office. It's not the uh, counseling center. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, thanks. We're not even sponsored by BetterHelp yet, so... <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and take that out onto the street? Take your... Uh, sure. Take your present with you. Thanks. Uh, do, do I recognize, like, the... Is it still wrapped? It's still wrapped, yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you recognize the wrapping paper? No, you do not recognize the wrapping paper. Stand yeah. brown wrapping paper. I, I I take the bow and I walk outside with it. Okay, and then I I very eagerly unwrap it because I I'm curious. It looks bow shaped, obviously. So uh. <laughs> so you you unwrap it, and sure enough, it is a gleaming white made of fey infused Dakini. Dakini and Dakini, I think, is probably too willow. Dakinian fey infused ash wood. This magnificent longbow with wood elvish script wrapping from the, the base of it where the string would attach. I'm sure there's some fucking bow name for it. <laughs> At me, bow people. It, it spirals up the haft uh, or shaft. I don't know. Fucking, we have a lot of fucking weird rod imagery this episode <laughs> uh, between hot rods and fucking baculums. And now fucking this firing up the haft of the shaft <laughs> to the upper string bridge. We're calling them a string bridge. Just a completely masterfully crafted piece. You know, as you're taking it in, this little scroll that had been wrapped around it slides off and kind of falls down to the ground. And right as you catch that, you realize you recognize this bow. This isn't just any bow. This is one of the extremely rare quoth bows that are gifted to the most accomplished Dak Rangers. This is not just any quoth bow. This is your second father's quoth bow. You recognize the, just the feel of the grip, the slight smooth edge along the, the thumb line where you would see Tyrael rub his thumb back and forth while lining up a shot. You've held this bow many a time, never shot it, but it's definitely graced your hands on more than one occasion, which is weird because you know that this was, this was buried with him. When a when a Dakini Ranger falls in battle or in a, in a tragic accident, these bows don't just get handed out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They they can be bequeathed by a father to a son, or by a father to a daughter, or by a mentor to to their protege. They have to be given in order for the magic to transfer. If they aren't gifted, then they just fade away. You can't take one off somebody. So not only is it weird that this fucking bow is here, but it, as you hold it in your hand, you feel its magic settle down into your 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 right handed. Your I guess right handed. Yeah, you'd aim with your left hand. I believe okay. you're right handed. You feel it settle into your arms and particularly your your left hand, and you know now that you are attuned to this bow that it has somehow been gifted to you. I never thought I'd see this thing again. I haven't seen it in years, and I definitely know that it was buried with with my father, Tyrael. Uh, what I. I, I'm I'm at a complete loss as to how this got here and how he knew I would be here in the city uh, or someone knew I would be in the city at this time. Uh, and as you as you're thinking that to yourself, the wind catches up on that little scroll that was been sitting on the ground mm -hmm. goes tumbling down the street away from you. Uh, I run to go catch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me a sleight of hand check. Oh, fuck seven. Ooh, so you guys see Eldrin pull this bow out, and there's a slight. Like moment, it's actually you realize Eldrin making that noise. <laughs> like it might be the first, the first burst of emotion you've ever heard from Eldrin. 
<laughs> and then this this scroll goes rolling down the street like he's chasing after it and he appears to be kicking it does anybody want to help him try and grab this this note uh, what's the roll you, you can do sleight of hand or you can do like if you want to throw your yikula at it I mean you guys have got fantastic powers do you tell me how you want to help him get this get this scroll <laughs> phenomenal cosmic powers oh I thought you meant like a note as in like a musical note I'm, I'm, I can do sleight of hand I've got a plus seven to it so I was going to get it for him. Someone get that piece of paper. <laughs> so can I use wind wall to stop it with my wind? You absolutely could. You could bring up your telekinetic wall to stop it. A 16? You are able to leap forward and kind of stomp your foot down on top of the note before it blows away again. Uh, Eldrin, you pick it up and you unroll it. And there in Tyrael's handwriting is, Eldrin, sorry I couldn't give this to you before, but it's yours now, Tyrael. How the fuck? Okay. Eldrin just... Puts the note away and just going to decompress because he has no idea how there's how that note could have been written. Uh, so for the podcast audience at home and anybody who's watched some of our Patreon video content, you've already gotten a hint of what this is. This is a quoth bow. It is uh, very similar to the traditional D and D magical item oath bow. However, it carries with it the burden of being forced to utter a bitching action movie quote to activate its powers. So the quote bow, whenever Eldrin wants to activate it, he says his action movie line and then that activates its power. He's able to designate a not a favored foe, but mortal enemy. What's it called? Favored enemy or... You're able to designate a favored enemy. You will do bonus damage against that favored enemy uh, until they die, um, at which point you can uh, you can activate it again against a different person. You can only have one favored enemy in this fashion in a given time period. So Sworn enemy, that's what it is. Sworn enemy, that's what it is. Sworn enemy, there you go. Like It's, it's very much an oath bow. Um, it doesn't do the, the full same damage as an oath bow, but it's early in the item's life. All these items will continue to evolve. Uh, so I don't have to keep giving you guys new and different magical weapons, but also I like the idea of kind of the organic evolving legacy weapons. Eldrin, uh, you have this heirloom that your 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 father was never able to gift you, possibly because he didn't think you were very much because he didn't think you were ready for it, but also because you got him killed by an owlbear before you had the chance. Mm. <laughs> Both emotional and physical baggage. Um, so, Mo, did you want to? Uh, what were you doing with your with your baculum? How did you? Uh, I feel like I would just be trying to mush the head and the shaft together, <laughs> okay. and and then realize I need someone professionally to get this done. <laughs> well. But see, here's the thing, Moyle. As you go to go, put this put up a stick in the hole. As you touch this this solid block of granite that crackles with the different elements up to this scrimshod baculum bone, the what you know looked like glyphs, looked like random patterns, looked like horny woodland carvings, leap into life and project outward like floating runes and glyphs around the haft of it, and it just slides into the hammer as if parting clay, and then you feel this click into place and this this charge of energy run through it, and there is a loud clap of thunder and everybody stops in the streets and looks over to you and you're standing there both hands on your whale dick bone plunged into this brick doing just completely accidentally doing this this pretty badass heroic pose and it being Talies and they go all right not bad and uh you you heft it up at the hammer of chaos has been truly forged now so uh this is your legacy weapon your hammer of chaos 
has some additional abilities. Um, in addition to being a two-handed maul with some some bonuses to it, you are able to activate it and throw it, and it acts as a exact very similar to the way the spell Chaos Bolt, uh, including um, if you roll the same number on the damage, it jumping to the next person. However, very much being a moral item, the first person it jumps to will generally be an ally. So you have got uh, your your legacy weapon has begun, and there is a crackle of of chaotic energy that that roils through it, and you hear the rumbling voice of a furbolg uh, speak a language that you don't understand, and the clopping hooves of a satyr skipping around you, and you feel like there's more story to be told about this hammer, and you guys hear Echo go. Oh, God damn it. Sure. Okay. Everybody's got something cool now. Let me not just let it go. Everybody's got to have the thing. And I have the power. And very quietly, you hear Baggy go, Bring show it begins. Did I say Zeppelin? Uh, wait, what? Did I say Zeppelin? Shit. Can you spoil an episode that aired nine months ago? Huh. I'm not sure what the rules for that are. But you know what? It's time to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, let me just go over to the internet and log into Patreon so I have their names in front of me. Fucking balls. Okay, so I don't have all their names memorized. So there's that. And I know what you're saying. Why don't you go to that exclusive Discord you talked about earlier and pull up their names and use some of those? Yeah, yeah, not working either, as it turns out. So here's what I'm going to do. Thank you to our Patreon supporters out there. Seriously, we, we joke around about this a lot, but I, we, we can't say thank you enough to the people who are invested in the show, both from a time perspective and a community perspective. And, and yes, even from a financial perspective, because that does help us produce bigger and better content. We've got some really cool stuff coming up. And, and that is largely because of the support of our patrons who in return get access to special behind the scenes content like the MVP show and the behind the scenes cutting room floor audio, which is where those intros come from. Do you really want to know if Harland is actually that irresponsible or if I just edit audio to make him sound that way? It's only one way to ever find out. Extra video content like the Tournament of Champions where I make the guys fight for my amusement and for a WWE style championship belt. The Hunter's Party, a Supernatural rewatch and homebrew show where we go back through episodes of Supernatural, watch it, talk about what stood the test of time and what didn't, go off on a lot of weird internet tangents where I research sets and local monsters and the weird lore drops that they do because I have a problem. And then we homebrew anything from a monster to an item to even a full scenario. I spent time making a map for the last episode for the murder mystery scenario that we came up tied to episode 14 for the nightmare. So a lot of cool extra content for participating at that level. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast in your beautiful working internet. I'm not jealous or bitter, not even a little. Maybe it's something cool, like naming rights to the Pentagoons, like Alpha Patron Lee. Maybe it's getting to play with the Party of Five, like Saga Not Al, Zork Fox, Lee, and Matt Dave. Maybe it's getting to make comments all the time and get called out for saying not a whole lot happened this episode in a passive-aggressive compliment, like Dreken. Y'all are great. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Head over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast to see how to join their hollowed ranks. Uh, but like, Things are crazy right now, and not just because the internet's down. But, you know, you still can help the podcast. You can still help the party of five. 
Tell somebody about the show. Seriously, that's all it takes. Friend, coworker, family member, somebody who has never played D&D before like Harland or somebody who has been playing D&D their entire life like me. Let them know that there's a show out there that is a little bit satirical, a little bit political, a lot of dick jokel. You know, I was going with alls. What are you going to do? You know, one in five people decide which which podcast to try out next based off of the recommendation of a friend or family member or coworker or random stranger that stands on the side of the street shouting things with a sign held up that Todd is not the main character. I'd listen to what that guy was shouting about. So anyway, spread the word. We sincerely appreciate you helping turn people on to our little corner of the actual play world. Multiverse. Well, that'll do it for this one. Thanks again for giving us your time and hope you enjoyed the show. 